With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. Since 2010, the most listened to radio show in the nonprofit sector dedicated to helping your charity succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to fundraising success, and practical nonprofit management advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect landing point to learn from top experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books range from successful online fundraising to expert nonprofit management. Guests on the Nonprofit Coach are leaders in their field who share their insider tips and trade secrets in a conversational style both the experienced and novice will benefit from. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you and your organization move to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Click on the radio links. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome here to this latest edition of The Nonprofit Coach. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We are also live casting over uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Ted Hart. As always, here on The Nonprofit Coach, we start with page one news. <laughs> Before we uh, start with page one news, I just want to remind everybody uh, that if you have Amazon Alexa at home, uh, an Echo device, uh, you can uh, now say, uh, Alexa, play the nonprofit coach on TuneIn, and she will start playing every uh, one of our podcasts uh, for uh, the nonprofit coach, and you can say next, and it will go to uh, uh, the next topic, and it will always start with the most recent edition of the nonprofit coach. Uh, as always, and as promised, uh, we start here with page one news. Uh, over here on page one, we have uh, Jeff Stanger, uh, who is here to bring us up to date on all the latest news from CFRE International. Welcome back to the nonprofit coach, Jeff Stanger. Thanks, Ted. Happy to be here and excited. We have a busy, busy spring uh, at CFRE this year, and I want to start with the upcoming test application deadline. It's April 15th. Anyone out there listening, if you're planning to take the exam between April April 15th and June 15th, then April 15th will be the deadline to get your application in. We are going to be out in force okay. in some conferences this year. Uh, AFP ICON obviously coming up uh, at the end of March, March 31st to April 2nd. Uh, Eva Aldrich, our CEO, will be presenting how to become a CFRE and joining her will be Tysley Williams. Uh, we'll be at NATO, the National uh, YMCA Development Officers Conference, April 3rd to the 5th. Uh, the Canadian Association of Gift Planners will be there April 9th to 11th. That'll be in Montreal. And also new this year, the African American Development Officers Conference. That's in Indianapolis, April 15th through the 17th, and we'll be there uh, as well. One of the most exciting things, I think, for this later this spring, though, is we're going to have a new suite of uh, study guides and aids that are going to be out uh, to help people who are uh, preparing for the exam. We have a new course, and that will be delivered uh, through some of our partners like AFP and and others as well. But we've been working on this new course and these new uh, materials for a couple of years now, and we're really excited that we're really close uh, to having those available for everyone. 
terrific. And we've just posted over on Facebook.com forward slash Ted Hart uh, the latest news and update that has the dates that you've just uh, uh, shared with, uh, with us here. Um, certification continues to grow, Jeff? Absolutely. Uh, we're probably going to cross over 6,500 uh, worldwide uh, CFREs, and it just continues to grow. And with the growing number of universities that are now approved providers, more, um, more people are going into the pro profession, leaving college with that expectation that they're going to uh, sit for the CFRE exam and become CFRE. So it continues to grow. Continues to grow. Well, we certainly, uh, as you know, here on the Nonprofit Coach, uh, we uh, encourage all of our listeners uh, as they become uh, eligible for uh, certification uh, that they should be uh, in contact with CFRE. Uh, we're posting over on Facebook.com forward slash Ted Hart the certification uh, details, and we believe that it is a strong indication of your professionalism uh, to stand, voluntarily stand uh, for exam um, with your colleagues and to join the growing ranks of CFREs uh, around the world. And, and this is a, a strong international offering uh, for CFRE uh, with, uh, with strong partners around the world. Absolutely, and we've seen it grow over the last few years and, and with partnerships in China and South Korea and Japan. Uh, we're just really excited about the worldwide growth of the credential. That's terrific. That's terrific. Well, Jeff, uh, thank you again for bringing us uh, all the updates and, and information from CFRE International. We look forward to you uh, coming back on the show. And uh, now it's time for page two. I think if you are paying attention or knowledgeable at all about the nonprofit sector, it could not have uh, missed your uh, knowledge of uh, the merger between GuideStar and Foundation Center uh, to form an all-new organization uh, called Candid. Uh, today, Gabe Cohen, who is the Senior Director of Marketing and Communications for Candid, um, it, which is, again, born from the merger of Foundation Center and GuideStar, uh, the, the goal of Candid is uh, what we're going to be talking about today, the reason for the merger, what happens next, and how the nonprofit sector will benefit. Uh, Candid connects people who want to change the world uh, uh, to the resources, connects uh, people who want to change the world with the resources that they need. Uh, Gabe leads a team of, that is responsible for telling Candid's story, advancing its mission, and increasing adoption of its programs and products. Uh, we start here today. Uh, welcome back, Gabe. You have been uh, here on uh, this show many times. Our producer, Diane Peach, uh, has, uh, has had you uh, in, in, as part of our page one news, bringing us updates uh, principally from GuideStar. Uh, as you know, we're very strong supporters of GuideStar and the Foundation Center here on the Nonprofit Coach. So, Gabe Cohen, it is a pleasure to welcome you back. Yeah. Hey, Ted. Great to be back, and thanks for you and Diane for, for giving us the time today to, to chat with your audience about Candid. Uh, I think I first joined uh, your program probably in 2015, 2016, so it's uh, been, been a few years. Um, but happy yeah, so to be you're here an today expert to talk now. about Candid. Yeah, you're an exactly. expert. So let's, let's go back to the, the roots of this discussion um, and share with uh, our listeners um, why did the Foundation Center and GuideStar decide to join forces? Yeah, great question. So um, conversations informally started uh, about uh, the two organizations working together probably, I'd say, uh, around 2010, maybe so, uh, you know, five, ten years ago. Um, and those conversations just simply started as we're doing a lot of the same work and we think there's a potential that if we were to partner on more things that we could do that work better. Those conversations evolved over the years. Uh, we looked formally at uh, merging as organizations uh, about five years ago, and there was a study that was done with an outside uh, consulting organization that looked at it and said, you know, we think this is a good idea, but we don't think the timing is quite right. 
and so we started to make small steps in the background knowing that this may be something that we were working towards in the future, but we kept operating as individual organizations. Uh, then uh, just about a year ago, uh, we did a, a similar kind of study to look and see if uh, both the, the fact that it was still right to, to merge as organizations was true and to see if now was the time to do that. Uh, and, and that study basically found that, yeah, th this is the time with everything that is going on in the world, with the polarization, political polarization, with climate change and technologies popping up all over the place that are both helping and hurting nonprofits and the work that they do. Uh, now was the time to combine forces and to become one organization and to start working towards one goal. Uh, and so that work started in earnest. Um, maybe 12 months or so ago, uh, behind the scenes. And uh, part of that process was working with a team to create a new brand. And then part of it was a, a fundraising effort to see if uh, the foundation community at large was supportive of what we were trying to accomplish. And and turns out they really were and are and continue to be. And, and so with that, um, and in a lot of work in the background from a lot of uh, my teammates, both on the Legacy GuideStar and Legacy Foundation Center side, uh, we were able to launch Candid on, on February 5th. Yeah, well, congratulations. And uh, we got you here on the Nonprofit Coach as quickly as we could uh, so that all of our listeners in the nonprofit sector, you know, can really learn uh, about the, this merger uh, and why it happens. Um, it was reported that the strategic partnership that led to this uh, dates back to 2013, and as you said, there's been sort of this running dialogue in terms of when the timing uh, might be uh, correct. You said, uh, obviously, the uh, the announcement uh, last month, and now is the time. And and it's reported that 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 there's a full review of sort of the redundancies between the the two organizations and sort of the complementary capacities. Can you talk to us about? You know, what are those things that you were doing, uh, you know, independently uh, but the same, and what are those things that ended up uh, driving you towards this uh, complementary uh, merger? Yeah, it's a really good question. And, um, you, you know, I think at its most simple form, to, to use a metaphor, uh, we've kind of all, always felt that we're, we're two sides of the same road, maybe. And... Um, that, you know, on the legacy guide star side of things, we had really good information about nonprofits, but some of our core users are foundations and, and the staff of foundations. And, and on the legacy foundation center side of things, they had really good information about foundations and, and the grants that foundations make, but their core users were nonprofits. And happening at the same time as both of our organizations were kind of continuing to move forward on the respective sides of the road, if uh, I, I may beat that metaphor a little bit further, um, that what was happening is that the, the separation uh, of power between foundations and nonprofits just continued to grow and become more and more evident. And so that was one of the things that as that became a more frequent topic of conversation uh, as you would go to foundation conferences and nonprofit conferences and online and on Twitter and all over the place, um, we, we were cognizant of that. And, and we think that by bringing um, those two sets of information together and those two sets of users together into one platform, that we really have an opportunity to bridge that gap a bit uh, and, and make for a more equitable sector where nonprofits that are doing really good work are more naturally able to attract the attention of foundations that want to fund that great work for the causes and communities that they care most about. And, and same is true for individual donors, too. It happens in a little bit of a different way, and uh, a lot of that has to do with the, the platform channels that GuideStar has created over the years, and to a certain degree, Foundation Center has, too. Um, but we really, you know, our mission uh, is relatively simple and also very challenging. Our mission is to get you the information that you need to do good. 
And so the, that first step to do that is to bring that information together. And then we can start to get it out there to all of the people uh, in, the, in the nonprofit sector directly and kind of just tangentially outside of it that want to make better decisions about how they're spending their money and time and resources to try to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Let, let's t- you said that a lot of uh, uh, the, the merger talks and what led to this is, is uh, you know, we're in a data-driven uh, com- uh, society, uh, and uh, both organizations have a lot of data. Let's talk about what that looks like from the Foundation Center side. Uh, more than 13 million grants uh, and 155,000 grant makers, uh, so lots of data there. And on the GuideStar side, uh, profiles of 2.7 million uh, organizations and more than uh, 10 million people who used the GuideStar database just last year. So that's a lot of traffic. That's a lot of data. Um, How will Candid help uh, users make sense of all of that? Yeah, great question as well, and uh, it is a lot of data, and it, and it is a lot of users, and, and that's, um, that's what we're most concerned about is figuring out how to connect that, all of those pieces of data to all of the users in the right way. And so we're really starting a deliberate process now and have, have been doing that work somewhat before we, we merged, but really in essence it's, it's, it started right around our merger date of figuring out how we can best help our different core user groups. Um, and so that process starts with listening, and that's what we're doing now is that we've kind of begun uh, a process of uh, listening to our users to learn how we're going to be able to help them the most. And it really started on launch day. Uh, we set up a, an email, uh, an inbox, where people could just send us their suggestions, and we probably got uh, hundreds and hundreds of, of suggestions that came in on how this new organization that sits kind of at this central location between nonprofits and funders at a very general level, I say funders, um, and how we're going to be able to connect those pieces uh, using data as kind of the, the web to, to draw those two groups together. Um, and, and so that process is continuing now. We are uh, constantly talking with our key users and our, our key partners and our key clients uh, and our key funders. Um, and we just had a webinar uh, about a month ago, and there will be kind of a series of these where we want to have these interactive conversations to better understand how our user base and our stakeholders think that we can help them. Uh, and so that's really the process that's going on now uh, is that listening aspect. Uh, and from there, we will begin a process of ideation, of, of taking those ideas um, that we're hearing from our users and then starting to make them a little bit more real. Um, and we've got some ideas already uh, of ways that we're going to be able to help. But um, it really, we're just, we're really in the beginning phases of that. We're in the infancy of that a little bit, if you will on trying to figure out how we're going to be able to best do that. But for us, it's just all about taking that data, the raw data. You know, I, I think um, that it's in the range with the combined organizations of, you know, three to four billion pieces of data. Um, and how do we make that most meaningful? And so one of the big shifts that we're trying to take on as a new organization, and this really goes to the ethos of the name and the brand of Candid, is how can we take those pieces of data and and really change them from isolated and and individual anecdotes and start to make insights and start to make context out of that information. Um, And so that's one of the challenges that we have for us as as an organization is how do we make that data the most meaningful that it can be? And and we do feel it's by taking those individual pieces of data and turning them into insights for our users to to, 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 to take in as they, they make whatever decisions they may be trying to make. It's an, it's an interesting uh, concept to ask your community, those who you know, are sort of on the outside looking into this new merged organization, their ideas, their thoughts, their questions. Is it your, uh, is a candid plan to have sort of this crowdsourcing of ideas become part of the DNA of, of Candid, 
or is this just something that you're doing at the launch? Oh, no, absolutely. This is something that we're going to build in, as, uh, as you said, as part of our DNA. Uh, we never want to be uh, in a place where we're so siloed off from the, the rest of the sector and, and really from the people that are out there doing the most good um, that we're not listening to them and we're not meeting their needs. And that really is core to what we're trying to accomplish. You know, as I said, I, we, we do feel as though we have the opportunity to sit at this intersection between uh, nonprofits and the organizations that are funding them uh, and and we we take that position with a great deal of respect. And the only way that we will be able to successfully um, make a difference as an organization and meet our mission is by listening to both sides of, of that conversation and, and figuring out the ways that we can help a nonprofit executive director who's just starting off a, a brand new nonprofit organization how we can help them at the same time that we can help a, a program officer at uh, a, a large foundation that is trying to be connected with nonprofits that are new and have innovative ideas um, while reducing the kind of uh, burden, the paperwork burden, if you will, in both of those different roles. Um, and so we take that really seriously that the only way we're going to be able to accomplish that is by listening to both of those in individuals, but really you know, that's just an example, uh, and, and we want to listen to everybody that sits on both sides of that conversation with just as many people as we can as we develop new tools and new products uh, and new resources and uh, on and on and on uh, as we go. How can we be most helpful is going to be a question that we ask ourselves over and over. One of the things that the Foundation Center has always been known for is sort of these curated sites or this the, this curated approach to here's a data set and and they would seek to speak to a, a particular community that was interested in that data uh, to invite people to participate and 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 to make sense of data sets uh, based on various topics or types of of funders um, that kind of research and curated. Uh, approach to data is not necessarily something that uh, GuideStar was necessarily known for. Do you see that sort of here's the data and we're going to be doing research and pushing that out and, and, and creating communities around data sets uh, being something that would now potentially happen with the GuideStar data or will that still uh, be more focused on the foundation or funder side? Oh, no, absolutely. That's one of the things that I think will be core to our success. Um, you know, my, my teammates, my, my now teammates from the foundation, uh, uh, the Legacy Foundation Center side of things, um, it's been great to get to know them. Um, they're brilliant, and a lot of them are, are researchers or data analysts or librarians, if not in, in true, in their, previously, uh, in their previous professions, at least at heart. Um, and it's so exciting to think about what's going to be able to happen when we take that um, that is so core to their DNA and we, we mix it with, um, you know, the raw data uh, that we have from the GuideStar Center that's been so core to our DNA and to start to create those uh, issue-based um, places where people can go to learn more if they really care about a specific topic how uh, can we take that, take the, the GuideStar data and combine it with the, the expertise and knowledge of, of my new colleagues that were previously on the Foundation Center side of things to make something that's really useful and uh, searchable and that can be used by everybody um, to get this, this information out there to the world. We're so excited about that. Mm -hmm. how, now, the, the principal audiences of a uh, foundation center, you know, was was principally foundations and funders who were participating in providing data, and charities that were looking for funding and and identifying and learning where that might be coming from or what funders are are looking for, uh, but not necessarily um, a direct role for for donors in the foundation center world, uh, whereas GuideStar. Uh, you know, principally would provide or serve up information 
uh, coming from 990 is principally IRS data and information provided by charities, um, and and uh, the user uh, principally would be uh, uh, donors and maybe individual donors or other donors who wanted to learn from that data. It's now a completely new world when all of these are under one roof, right? So you've got uh, the funders, you've got the charities who are being funded, and now you've got individual donors uh, who are looking to learn from all of that. Do you feel that there's a there's a challenge there in serving all three communities? Yeah, I mean, I think we see it as an opportunity, to be honest. Um, we we each of those different groups of individuals that you mentioned really offer something to the overall nonprofit ecosystem, um, and so we do feel as though being able to be the uh, the connection piece between those three different places will really benefit each of them individually as, as kind of a, a set of users. Um, and, and that was at the core of the decision to do this, um, was that okay. we can do this better together, right? That we can bring these groups together, uh, both from a data input side, you know, we've got uh, on on uh, the GuideStar side of things, we've got 170,000 nonprofit organizations that have come and updated their profile. Uh, and on the, the Foundation Center side of things, um, they have, I, I believe, tens of thousands of foundations that have come and updated information about their organization or about their the grants that their organization is making. And so when you start to pull that together, that's just a huge percentage of each of those different groups of, of, of organizations that are already at the table um, now. And it, now they're at the same table, or soon they will be. Um, and so that, that's really one of those things that makes us pretty excited. Mm, yeah. Well, and, and I certainly can see that. I mean, you sort of hinted at, you know, one of the, the issues here is, you know, for both organizations, there's nothing cheap about managing data and keeping data secure uh, and, uh, and particularly data at the extensive levels of, you know, 13 uh, million grants and 10 million annual users. Um, you know, that, that's a lot of traffic. That's a lot of data uh, to, uh, to manage. You know, how much of this was, you know, the ongoing overhead cost of maintaining two separate organizations? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a component of it, right? Um, if there's an opportunity for us to do, to combine data sets so that we can get some of those kind of data administrative tasks more streamlined um, and, and, and reduce some redundancy a, a bit there, then sure, that, that's a, a net positive for us because it will allow for us to have our, our experts in, the, in, those, in different areas spend time on more kind of maybe meaningful activities that go even deeper into that data and information. So that, that's an aspect of it. But at its core, this isn't um, a, a merger like you would find in the corporate sector where the primary thing that we're concerned about is, is um, eliminating redundancies. Uh, rather, okay. this is really what we like to think of as a merger of strengths, right, where they have a certain group of skill sets and we have a certain group of skill sets that we can bring together. And it can be at its, at its most simplest form, uh, what I've been referring to is like a one plus one equals three scenario where we take okay. their expertise and our expertise and can grow something that's better than just the, the kind of standard result of what we were doing individually. And, and that's a, a lofty goal for us to live up to, but that's really why we've decided to go down this path. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, 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 Gabe, we're going to uh, take a quick break, um, and when we come back, I want to pick up on that topic of one plus one equals three. Um, what does the nonprofit sector get from uh, this new one plus one uh, equals three? And uh, we will be right back. Every day, millions of people are online, many of whom want to help, volunteer, and donate to a good cause. Nonprofit organizations can use many Google tools to reach potential donors around the world and raise more money. And as an approved nonprofit, it doesn't cost a thing. It's all free. Google Grants helps you promote your website with free advertising on Google.com through the AdWords program. With Google AdWords, you create ads and choose words or phrases related to your nonprofit organization. 
When people search on Google using one of your phrases, your ad will appear next to the Google search results under the Sponsored Links section. AdWords allows you to target certain geographic areas, dates, and times of day for your ads to appear. YouTube for Nonprofits is another tool that can boost donations to your organization. The program offers a number of perks that get your message out there and drive viewers to take action and donate. You can list your organization on YouTube's nonprofit channel and add call to action overlays on your videos to drive viewers to donate. Need help analyzing your website traffic and marketing effectiveness? Google Analytics is a free tool that will give you rich insight and help you increase the number of people that visit and donate to your site. Google Analytics can be invaluable to many people in your organization, such as development directors, marketing staff, and your web team. There are many other tools that can help you reach more donors and raise funds, like Google Checkout, where you can process credit card donations with no transaction fee, Google Sites to create a free website, and Website Optimizer, where you can figure out the best landing pages to turn site visitors into donors. To get started, apply for Google for Nonprofits today. And next week here on The Nonprofit Coach, our producer, Diane Peach, uh, has uh, scheduled Alexandra Brovi, uh, who is the author of the new book, Zen and the Art of Fundraising and More Pillars of Success. So uh, make sure that you've got that on your calendar for next Tuesday at 12 noon uh, Eastern. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. And welcome back here to The Nonprofit Coach. We are live here with Gabe Cohen, uh, Senior Director of Marketing and Communications of the all-new Candid organization, which was formed out of the merger of GuideStar and the Foundation Center. Uh, Gabe, before we took uh, our brief break, uh, you were talking about how one plus one uh, equals three. Um, I gather that to mean that Foundation Center and GuideStar coming together is not just a merger, but it creates more. What is the more that the nonprofit sector will gain out of the, this merger? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a good question, and, and to, to help think about it, you know, I think we could break down what Candid wants to accomplish and how we want to help people into maybe three different sections. Uh, and, and the first is we want to help nonprofits evaluate and share their work and the work of others. The second is that we want to uh, make sure that people have access to the tools that, they, that help them do their best work. And then we want to improve skills so that they can improve the world. And so. Those are, that's one of the ways that we're looking at it, right? Um, how can we help nonprofits and foundations share their work and, and what they're accomplishing and what they're trying to accomplish? How can we make sure that the, the people that are in this sector have the tools that they need uh, to help them do their work better? And most efficiently, too, I think is really going to be a key for us moving forward is how can we build in efficiencies into these different processes on both sides of that coin? And then are there certain skills that we can help with? Uh, working with partners like you all to, to help to educate onto the latest trends that um, are going on in the sector and the things that people need to know in order to build effective organizations. That's really, that's been a big part of Foundation Center's success over the years and, and something that we've done to a certain degree on the GuideStar side of things, but something that we're really excited about. Um, and I've been a part of a, some conversations that Candid over the last couple of, of weeks and months about how we start to do that, um, how, how we start to translate the different uh, pieces of, of, of knowledge that we have and make it more easily accessible to a larger audience. And, and you know, will that take the form of, of uh, blog posts or newsletters or trainings or webinars uh, and on and on and on. And so we're starting to think through those conversations now. The nonprofit sector is, as you mentioned, uh, a, a huge part of the U.S. economy. Let me just share some uh, statistics uh, with our listeners, um, and then if you can sort of relate to, you know, with all this new data and, and these three communities that Candid will be uh, serving, um, how maybe Candid can, 
can help uh, the average donor really understand that uh, there are 1.4 million nonprofits in the United States that employ 11.4 million uh, workers. That's approximately 10.3% of the private sector workforce. Um, and uh, that makes the nonprofit sector the third largest workforce in the country behind only retail and manufacturing industries. And I honestly think, Gabe, that the average American has no concept of the fact that nonprofit organizations contributed nearly a trillion dollars, as you mentioned, uh, to the national economy um, and uh, have uh, assets uh, of over $6 trillion uh, compared to uh, a U.S. Uh, overall um, uh, economy of you know, 17 or $18 trillion. So um, you know, we're talking about a major force in this country, uh, just looking at it from various points of view. You know, from you know the number of uh, the working in nonprofit organizations, the work that they do, the assets that are that are managed, and uh, over 400 billion dollars that are contributed um, to nonprofit organizations on an annual basis now. Um, so all of that points in the direction of um, a central database that has all the information on every one of those charities on all the information of every charity that's employing anyone in this country is got to tell a powerful story. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the, the first place that I would just direct your users is when we started to think about how we're going to come together as an organization, one of the first questions we asked ourselves was, how can we help people right now um, as we are really building a new organization still? Um, and we're, as an organization, we're, we're basically a month old. So as we start to build these new tools, what are the things that we can offer users and, and, and nonprofits and donors now? And I just would point those users to the bottom of our, our launch page of candid.org, which is going to be our new website moving forward. But right now it's basically a temporary launch page. But at the bottom of it, we have a whole list of ways that we – as an organization uh, can help and can help all different types of users with all different types of, of, of tasks. And, and it's just broken down into kind of common language, if you will. So if you want to learn how to verify nonprofits, there's a way to do that. If you want to just research nonprofits, we're going to show you how using kind of legacy GuideStar and legacy Foundation Center tools, you can already do that. And that connection may not be there yet, um, where it's in one unified place, but the, the tools are there already, or some of them are anyway. So just keep that in mind, I would say, to your users out there. Um, the next task for us, though, is, as I mentioned, we, you know, kind of these bits and pieces of these tools and of this, of this information and of these resources are there, but they're not together. And so really the next task that we're taking on is, is starting to break down these information silos that we have, right? So if you think about things from an individual donor perspective, they're probably thinking about donating to charity a couple of times a year, maybe, maybe four times a year, maybe just at the end of the year uh, uh, in, in the kind of giving season, starting at Giving Tuesday, that's where they end up giving uh, most of their money uh, to, to, to different uh, uh, charities and organizations. Well, there's a whole group of individuals that do this all of the time, and a, and a lot of those individuals work at foundations and are program officers at foundations, and they kind of live and eat, breathe, and sleep this stuff, if you will, uh, about the different causes and communities that they care most about. And that's a real opportunity that we think we have as an organization. And this goes back to some of the previous things that we were talking about, Ted, of you know, how do you bring these three user groups together and how can we be the connection between those user groups? Well, we want to develop a way to better extract the knowledge of uh, individuals, um, uh, whether it's uh, someone that's at a foundation as a program officer that uh, is working on, uh, um, say, homelessness in Baltimore, or maybe it's someone that's at a nonprofit organization that is working on the exact same issue, but really is on the ground uh, and, and understands um, what needs to happen in order to, make, to, to, to help that particular issue in that particular community. 
we want to try to find a way to centralize that information into easily understandable formats for those donors that aren't thinking about this every single day. Um, and so that we can translate that knowledge that's already there, right? All of that knowledge exists, but we need to find a way to translate it to the people that aren't thinking about it every single day, but do make a big difference. Okay. You know, I think, so, so I think there's, is, is that, so I, I think that's, that goes back to, you know, one of the questions I asked earlier in terms of, so the DNA that comes over from the foundation center and this sort of curated approach to data uh, around certain communities and causes and topics. Um, and, and what I think you're talking about here, and I just want to make sure I'm hearing you correctly, is that, you know, there is a lot of expertise among those foundation executives and others who live, as you said, live and breathe in that world, are making decisions, are, are making grants and, and donations, um, and, and sort of lived within the foundation center. And that experience and that expertise you know, in this new candid world will somehow now become provided to the donor who comes and says, you know, I want to learn more about that or I want to benefit from the expertise of foundations that are working in an area that, you know, I couldn't maybe hope to hire my own advisors or my, my, my own staff to be able to understand the nuances of giving in that way and perhaps you know, now if I connect in through, through Candid, I benefit from that expertise in a very different way? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, our, our goal, uh, you know, and we, we don't know specific product um, uh, or tool uh, designs or decisions at this point. We're, like I said, still kind of just in the learning part of this. But that, that's a, a place that we want to go um, because that's going to help all of us at the end of the day. If we can you know, connect, as, as you said, the, the kind of one-sentence description that, that we've taken on as an organization is that we want to connect people who want to change the world with the resources that they need to do it. And so part of that is, is starting to point more resources, potentially to the organizations that are out there and doing the most good, uh, which is a really easy thing to say and a really hard thing to, to accomplish. And so I, I want to make sure to be humble in the way that uh, – we're articulating our goals as an organization, but that certainly is something that we're striving for. Right. Brad Smith, uh, who was the CEO of the Foundation Center, will now be Candid's president. Uh, and Jacob Harold, who is a GuideStars uh, leader, uh, will be moving into the position of executive vice president at Candid. You know, two strong leaders in the nonprofit sector who certainly have a, a vision of what the sector needs uh, in, in their own ways, each of their organizations uh, have been working for years on meeting those needs. So combined, uh, you can only imagine that uh, Candid will benefit from, you know, that combined uh, firepower. Both organizations are well known to the nonprofit sector, uh, to the nonprofit coach, and to um, our listeners. Um, give us a, some some insight into that new kind of relationship and having you know, two visionaries who have been around for a long time, uh, who successfully built two separate organizations. How does that kind of firepower come together to benefit the sector? Yeah, and I think that the relationship between Brad and Jacob is really core to our success moving forward. Um, they have been working together very closely for um, uh, seven, eight, nine years now. Um, and, and first, you know, they were kind of beginning these conversations, which actually kind of predate Jacob even a bit uh, from the GuideStar side of things. But right. um, the two of them have been actively involved in the kind of dialogue of when, you know, should this happen and when should it happen and what would it look like. And, and that those conversations really ramped up after we made that decision to go uh, to down the road of coming together to one organization a lot of it fell to Brad and Jacob and to the respective boards, which have now really become one board, to work out the details of that uh, of, of what that was going to look like. And um, you know, I, I wasn't involved in, in in many of those conversations, but I was involved in some of them, and, and have since been involved in, in in more of them. And it's kind of awesome to see the two of them working together. Uh, they both understand. They both have a really good self awareness of of what their strengths are and what the things are that um, 
the other one may offer that they don't. Um, and, and they've got this great uh, uh, back and forth that they're able to talk through uh, difficult decisions and to talk with a great way of really um, engaging with uh, our stakeholders that they're talking to and, and being able to speak to um, the ways that both Legacy Foundation Center and Legacy Guides have been able to help, but how much that's going to be amplified as a new organization. And, and they've been having these conversations, particularly with funders, for, for quite a while now to see if there, again, was that support uh, from uh, different foundations out there. Um, and, and it really has given them a great opportunity to almost use those conversations as sounding boards for what the organization should look like in the future. So um, I think they're both really enjoying working together, uh, and I'm sure that there were many times where there's been disagreements that they've had to work through. Um, but uh, from uh, everything we can tell, it's really been a great, great working relationship that they're, they're really feeding off of each other's energy. That's great. Jacob, uh, Harold was uh, quoted as saying that uh, of this merger, the ethos will keep, use, quote, users front and center uh, in uh, the work of Candid. What, what does that mean, users front and center? Well, this goes back to what you and I were talking about earlier, Ted, that we understand that we have an opportunity, if we get it right, to play a connector piece between all of these different groups of users. Um, and that only will be successful is if we're listening to those users and trying to figure out how we can help them the most. And, it, you know, thinking about the ways that different types of people in different roles use our tools or historically have used our tools and how we can improve that and how we can help them, uh, in a sense, do their jobs better, whether their job is uh, as uh, a grant manager at a foundation or, uh, you know, in a sense, if their job is just finding the right charity to give $100 to at the end of the year that, that's, that's going to make the most impact for that money. We want to be able to help each of those different types of individuals and so many more uh, as they go through this process of making little decisions uh, that, in, in, that may be little in isolation but add up to really large uh, uh, um, um, flows of resources uh, at the end of the day. And, you know, just referencing some of those numbers that you talked about, about the, the percentage of GDP that the nonprofit sector makes up in the United States. And, one thing that I just want to make sure to comment on is that one of the real opportunities that we feel we have as an, uh, a, a joint organization now is to grow beyond just uh, the, the work that's being done in the United States by U.S.-based organizations. Foundation Center has been kind of playing in that field in the past um, and has some great relationships with funders from all over the world. Um, and, and as a new organization, we want to continue to grow those international uh, roots that they have established. And um, part of that, you know, one of the ways that we've, we had worked together previously as, as uh, single organizations was the Bridge Project, which was the, the common identifier, almost a um, social security number for organizations all over the world. Um, and, and we originally worked on that partnership with uh, Global Giving and TechSoup Global, and it continues with, with Global Giving now. Uh, and we feel like that's really, you know, as we've talked about in this conversation, data is the backbone of, of both of our organizations and will be front and center to our success moving forward. And so being able to have that unique identifier uh, already in place is such a, a great head start for us uh, as a new organization. Right, right. Now, a merger of this sort certainly doesn't uh, uh, happen uh, for free. Uh, these things can be expensive, and when you hear of mergers in the for-profit sector, of course, they have resources to bring to the table. Uh, in this instance, which is often the case in the nonprofit sector, uh, Candid is relying on some pretty major uh, contributions uh, from foundations and, and other stakeholders uh, can you share with us how much has been pledged and contributed towards this and perhaps, you know, how those funds will be used? 
Uh, yeah, so I, I can share some of that information. So, um, uh, you know, we, we've raised about $30 million from foundations at this point. Uh, and um, that's a combination of, of funding that's directly for the, the merger and then really for general operating support moving forward. And a, a lot of that would have been money that we potentially would have brought in as individual organizations um, through the generous support of our, uh, the foundations that we had worked with previously. Um, and then some of it is, is, is uh, new organizations that understand the opportunity that we have if we're able to come together as a larger sector and pull that together. Um, we, we have more ambitious goals that we're working towards from the funding side of things. Um, and are continuing to see success as, as those conversations continue into the future. In terms of what's coming from that money, well, as you said, you know, there are some just hard costs that come from uh, a, a, a merger of these sorts, and um, that stems everything from uh, branding and communications uh, to uh, bringing business systems together, accounting systems, and um, uh, communications, internal communication systems, uh, and, and then really the, the, the very hard work that's starting to happen around bringing those databases together. And as, as we also talked about earlier that, you know, starting to think about some uh, 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 redundancies that we could potentially work towards uh, uh, reducing. Um, and that's going to come at a, it starts again at that database level. And there are some costs that are involved in that. Um, and, and again, that's kind of the maybe the behind-the-scenes stuff that we need to do uh, in order to get to the, the more exciting stuff that this money will also fund, which is what's next, right? And so that money will contribute to uh, us being able to have the space to have conversations uh, with all of those different users. As you kind of quoted Jacob saying, you know, that's going to be fundamental to us moving forward as being user-centric. Um, so we need to allow for some space for our experts to engage in those different conversations. And so the money will go to fund that, and then it will go to fund what's next, right? Things that I can only speculate on, the tools and, and the resources that will be hopefully revolutionary in terms of making a difference in the world uh, and in this, in this sector and to uh, making a difference, you know, with the, just the, the way that people go about their daily lives that are in this sector. Um, and, and so that all of that will needs to come together in a really um, in, in, in a way that we think will be most effective and efficient at, at making a difference in the world and um, and so we're very supportive of, of the, the, the support and, and resources that we've earned from foundations up to this point and, and look forward to continuing those conversations in the future. <laughs> and and uh, uh, in uh, uh, in some quotes uh, attributed, I think to to Brad Smith, just to give people a sense of how massive this is, that it, it appears that there are 30 different business systems and data systems, in addition to uh, tech, data, and organizational processes on each side of the organization and the cultures that were created in each organization. So. You know, you're not talking about just sort of merging two Excel spreadsheets. Absolutely not. Yeah, it is. It is a very complex system, and I'm very thankful that I have I have teammates um, that are going to be taking on those different challenges uh, because getting that part right is also going to be core to our success. You know, creating a new culture that brings the best of both of our previous cultures but really make something new um, is going to be something that I, I, I feel is very core to our success. And there's a, there's a saying out there that uh, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast every day, and, and I really agree with that. Um, and I think that that's something that we're building into um, uh, our plan for success moving forward is what is the culture that is going to uh, be able to contribute to those hard deliverables that we're going to need in order to be uh, successful as an organization. But then, you know, for us, the, the logic doesn't just stop there. It then translates over to the sector and how can we start to uh, uh, create a culture that, that um, expands beyond just the 250 uh, candid teammates that I now have and gets out there and to the sector and it empowers people to make better decisions and, and better use of their time. In uh, the final moments that we have here, 
Uh, obviously, this, I, you know, I think this is exciting. Uh, certainly, the nonprofit coach uh, is, uh, you know, considers GuideStar and the Foundation uh, Center to be friends of this show and the work that, uh, that we do uh, and are excited for what will become uh, Candid. Um, I can imagine, though, something this big also has its detractors. Um, what are some of the concerns that people have expressed to you or might have um, as you begin down this road uh, in this new marriage? Yeah, of course. And, um, you know, I, I can say pretty honestly that we've been thankfully surprised at how much support we've received um, as, as uh, uh, we've gone through the process over the last couple of months. And um, that's been nice. It's been reassuring to hear so many people say, to kind of metaphorically pat us on the back and say, this is great. We're, we're glad you're doing this and it makes sense to us. Um, there have been those that are uh, concerned, though, and some of those concerns are about um, how we are going to take some of the things that they like now and only make them better and not make them worse. Uh, and I, I think one of the concerns that we've heard from the Legacy GuideStar side that we're aware of and that we're really working on is that uh, our GuideStar seals of transparency are something that nonprofits use to um, to uh, share their, their accomplishment, not just within the sector, but really outside of the sector. And, and they display those seals on their websites and in their marketing material as an indication of, sure. of their transparency. And, and donors really recognize those. They may not know GuideStar and all of the different tools and resources that we previously had, and they really may not know about this, this merger in the Candid. And so how can we make sure that we thoughtfully transition that brand? Um, and that's something that we are spending dedicated time thinking about. Uh, as a new organization and, and working with experts outside of our organization is how we can make that transition as smooth as possible so that nonprofits continue to be rewarded for earning those seals of transparency. And, um, uh, you, you know, we, we I, I don't know uh, if this has been shared with your audience or not, Ted, but uh, we worked with a, a series of researchers out of Villanova University last year uh, that were, were very interested in learning if transparency correlates to growth for nonprofit organizations. Uh, and so what they did was they shared, or we shared a data set with them, and they analyzed a cohort of nonprofits that one year did not have a GuideStar seal of transparency, and then the next year did earn a GuideStar seal of transparency. And what they found was at an aggregate level, uh, they grew by 52%, 52%. 52%, um, that's incredible. And, and, and that's just a startling statistic that, to, to be honest, I wouldn't believe if it wasn't uh, done by uh, uh, researchers at a, a university that were then peer-reviewed before being uh, published in an accounting journal. So um, we know the impact now that these seals have. Uh, and that really the impact that organizations being transparent has on their potential growth. And so we want to be really careful with, with how we translate uh, that into uh, our SEALs and that program moving forward. And so that's, you know, something so that was brought up as, a, as an opportunity for us. Yeah. Right. And I, so I suppose, you know, that concern goes back to your concept of one plus one equals three and making sure that there is added value and that there isn't a minus sign anywhere in, uh, in that equation. So, uh, Gabe Cohen, uh, thank you for being my guest here today, explaining, you know, what is Candid? Uh, why did this merger be, uh, between GuideStar and Foundation uh, happen? Uh, so in our final moment here, can you just make sure uh, that all of our listeners, we did post over on Facebook.com forward slash Ted Hart, uh, the uh, Candid.org site. Uh, but how can uh, our listeners be in contact with Candid uh, if they want to benefit from these new services? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first place they can go is just Candid.org. That's our, our, our new uh, home base moving forward, and that site will continue to grow. Uh, they can also uh, email answers at Candid.org, or they can find us at Twitter. 
uh, uh, candid.org, so candid, D-O-T-O-R-G, uh, is our new Twitter handle. And any of those ways will uh, connect you with one of our teammates that can help uh, answer any questions and hear any ideas that you have. Uh, lastly, if you're on any of the Legacy GuideStar Foundation Center websites, uh, you're now going to see up at the top of the screen a, a quick navigation bar that can help you kind of move between our existing sites and products and tools. Uh, so hopefully you can uh, navigate around that much more easier now. Those just launched earlier this week, so we're excited about that. Gabe, again, thank you for being our guest. Uh, we are out here rooting for the success of Candid, and I hope that uh, you will come back often and keep us up to date on uh, Candid.org. Thank you again, and that is The Nonprofit Coach. Thanks, Ted. You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad friendly podcasts at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.